Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace, welcome to the Grave Talk podcast. Un- <laughs> <laughs> Take 27. Great hold open. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Greetings, all you creatures from cyberspace. Welcome to the Grave Talk podcast. I am your host, Garrett. Unfortunately, this week, Mark and John are not able to be with us, but they will be returning on the next episode. Uh, We have a lot of fun stuff planned for that. But this week, we have some special guests, as we do in these types of situations. Some returning guests, some new guests. So let's go ahead and jump into it. So returning to the podcast this week, we have Alex. Hello, I'm happy to be back. You sound like it. You sound very happy. Oh, I'm delighted. Anything to break up the mon- monotony of the post-apocalyptic hellscape in which we live. That's true. That's true. And new to the podcast, but longtime listener, we have Gray. Hello, folks. Hope you're doing well. Let's try to get back to the before time sooner than later. Wear your <laughs> damn masks. Yes, wear your damn mask. We shouldn't even have to say it, but we do. And you know what? We stand by that. Um, so as a new guest of the podcast, as always, we have tradition, which is the Grave Talk Monster Test, mm-hmm. which we will now give you. Yes, I've and been preparing diligently. You've, you, you're a longtime listener, so you know what's I coming. I now, should. if you fail this, that is even more I know. just unsettling. I will have shamed my family. <laughs> All right. Well, with that. Question one. How do you kill a werewolf? That would be a silver bullet. That is correct. Question number two. How do you kill Dracula? Stake through the heart. Okay. Or sunlight. Yes. Okay. Those are both good. Both correct. Godzilla or King Kong? You're going to hate me for this, man. If I'm, you say Godzilla, I'm... It's Godzilla. Kill his mic. Long. Kill his mic. I'm going to plug that right now. I, How much did Mark pay you? Zero. Mark did not pay me anything. How much is he going to pay you? He's not going to pay me anything. But, like, did y'all see the end of King of All Monsters? I have not seen King of Monsters yet. Man, when you see that and you see pissed off Godzilla, you're going to be like, little baby Kong doesn't stand a chance. Oh, well, we'll find out in 2020-something when they decide to release that movie. Um, Kong versus Godzilla. Now, there actually is money on the line for that. We really? actually have grave talk bets behind the scenes on how that movie is going to play out. Now, there's a good chance that it'll be a Freddy versus Jason where they basically each get a hit for hit and no one actually wins. But we are hoping, we have cash down, that someone is actually going to win this fight on screen. Man, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Listen. I love Skull Island, but Godzilla. I've seen an ape eat a lizard. I haven't actually seen that, but it seems plausible. Um, a, an ape's going to outsmart a lizard any day of the week. That's true. He's going to hit his credit, mess up his whole entire living situation. Like if we go largest real ape versus largest real lizard. So probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. This is dragon. Kong and Godzilla, yeah, though. We're not talking is... realism. All right. We live in a fantasy world and we're happy to be there. All right. And question I mean... number three. Okay. Okay. Actually, this would be question number four. Sorry, I can't count. Booberry. Count Chocula or Frankenberry? I'm going to go Count Chocula. Okay. Wise decision. Blueberry is gross. And a last minute addition to the monster test because Mark and John are here. Who's your favorite Grave Talk host? That would be Garrett. Yeah, damn right it is. (laughs) 
Well, congrats, Gray. You passed the monster test. Yes. You are allowed to be on the podcast Thank now. You. Mark, I apologize for doing such a half-assed job compared to your wonderful monster test expertise, but hopefully I, I made you proud. Now we can jump into it. So this week, we are going to talk about an Australian film, 2009's The Loved Ones. But before we get into that, since we don't have you guys on too often, what have you been up to? You see anything cool that our listeners should know about? You done anything new with like video games, horror stuff? Um, I watched a pretty fun horror movie on Hulu. It was called Pure. Um, it's about... Well, it's about some girls who go to one of those like weird like daddy daughter like purity ball things. Um, but takes some pretty fun twists and turns. I don't know if it lived up to its full potential, but it was a fun watch. Uh, if you're bored at home, definitely recommend giving it a quick watch. It was it was quite a bit of fun. Well, John's not here, and one of his prerequisites is length of movie. Was it a tight one, or was it a tight ninety minutes, or was it extremely long? You know, I think it was under two hours. Don't quote me on that, but it didn't feel, you know, overly bloated or anything like that. It was a pretty efficient little movie. Okay. Was it kind of comedy or was it like just straight up like like psychological type horror? It was, I, I don't know that I'd call it psychological horror. It was fairly light, honestly. There were some intense moments, but it wasn't really a comedy. It was more just... I would say, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It was just kind of an enjoyable, almost family drama, um, but with horror elements. So like an after school ABC special that's just fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, cool. That's on Hulu? Yes. And that was pure? Pure. Okay, right on. Gray, what have you been up to? Uh, listening to... Lots of records. Movies-wise, I haven't gotten a ton of new stuff. I did watch a – technically, it's a movie the other, earlier this week called Santa Jaws. Really getting in the Christmas spirit. And Santa Jaws? Yes. It's okay. exactly what you think it is. Okay. And it's about as good as that name implies. Um, there's a couple movies I've, I want to watch uh, on Shudder. Impedagore. Have you seen that yet? No. I want to see that, and I want to see the Mexican La Llorona movie that came out. The Conjuring one, or is that a different no, one? No, it's a different one. Okay, so that John... Was the curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Okay, John saw the curse, and he was not thrilled with it, but yeah. I know he was, like, excited by the idea, so maybe uh, mm. that'll be something Johnny needs to check out and do a quickie on or something. Yeah, because I, I really want to see that, and then with Halloween being last month, just kind of went through the old classics, all the old Halloween movies. The, the, the franchise, yeah. the Halloween franchise. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I did that up until six and then it was like, oh. okay, I gotta, I gotta take a break. And then I just never got back to it, but I did watch, um, 2018 though. So. I, yeah. I did that on Halloween and watched 2018 Halloween and Mandy. It was a really fun double feature. It's pretty nice. That is good. And as a reminder, you know, we've, we were supposed to have a lot of great stuff this year, but you know, we're still waiting on Candyman, which I believe they've pushed to try to put out in theaters. We're waiting on Halloween kills next year. Ooh, uh, that trailer looks good. That though. was the biggest bummer of the year. What Halloween that, kills? No, when they oh. pushed it back. A year. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, and I completely understand why that movie was such a moneymaker oh, yeah. to lose that theater revenue. But oh. again, I don't think anybody saw the situation we were I, in right I now. I don't either. And also um, the the new Conjuring movie, which, John, I know you're going to be mad at me for not knowing there was a new one coming out. But, man, I read a little bit about the um, the third one. That seems pretty intense. Really? So, I didn't even know there was a third yeah, one. Yeah, they're making out. a third Conjuring film. And it's actually about um, 
the people. I God, I can't remember the name. John, come help me and out. And Lorraine Warren. That's yes, it. there you yeah. go. The, the Warrens. Warrens. Yes. Jinx. Well, cool. Yeah. No, I've um, I recently, and I, I know uh, me and Mark are going to talk much more in depth about this. I recently watched The Truth Seekers on Amazon Prime, which oh. was very enjoyable. I want to um, see that. Yeah, it's definitely horror comedy, but it's uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And um, it takes a bit of a turn that I was not expecting. So um, I'm going to not say anything else because I know Mark wants to talk about that a little more in depth. Let's get into this damn movie. So we're talking about 2009's, the Australian film 2009, The Loved Ones, um, a film that just kind of snuck up out of nowhere on me. It was introduced by a friend and um, I was very shocked with what I saw and how much I liked it. Um, So I recommended this one this week as a movie that we kind of do as a one off. Uh, this movie, let me pull up the information that Mark is so good at, and I'm not great at, so I apologize. This one stars Xavier Samuel as Brent, Robin McLevy as Princess, John Brumpton as Daddy, Richard Wilson as Jamie, Victoria Thane as Holly, Jessica McNamee, okay, as Mia, Andrew as Gilbert as Paul, and Susie Dotery as Carla? Okay, I don't even know who these some of these people are. I don't are. remember I don't who Carla remember. was. Uh, and Ann Scott Penberry as or Pendleberry as Bright Eyes. And we'll talk about Bright Eyes a little bit more later on. But so that's who it stars. Um, as usual, we're probably gonna forget every one of these names, considering I didn't even know the main character's name was Brent until we started looking at this list right here. So, Mark, I'm gonna try to do you proud here with the back of the box I just found. When Brent turns down Lola's invitation to the school prom, his refusal spirals into a horrific nightmare beyond imagining. Hours before the dance, Brent is abducted and taken to Lola's home by her demented daddy, who's determined to make his princess's dream come true. Imprisoned in Lola's home, Brent discovers that her feelings for him aren't all she's kept secret, and he must summon every ounce of his will if he's to survive and prevent Lola and her father from extending the revenge to those he loves. Spooky organs. <laughs> I'm it's, scared just hearing about it. That's again. a pretty good back of the box, though. Honestly, it's um, it's got a good descriptive of what's going to happen. But you know, I got to say, I'm glad I didn't read anything about this movie before I watched it. I went in completely cold. I had I'd seen the cover image, and that was it. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything about it. Like when you said it was from 2009, that kind of blew me away. I thought it was something a little bit more recent, but. The only thing I had read was that it was kind of a catch and torture kind of flick. So I was preparing for like Eli Roth levels of shenanigans. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, here we go. I we'll was prepared for extreme gore. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm kind of glad it didn't go that direction. I don't tend to enjoy torture porn too much. Um, and I thought it was really effective with the gore it did have. Like, you don't get numb to it at any point. And so it it remains pretty effective throughout the movie, I felt. Yeah, this is yeah. a really good example of, um, you know, the... You know, what you don't show is just as effective as what you do show if you do it right. Yeah, there's one spot in particular where... Is this the, is this the smoke? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about oh, it. Yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Where it's like you don't really see what's happening, but woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this... I mean, this was a Garrett choice. This is a Garrett recommendation. So um, it, it wasn't going to go too far on that Eli Roth spectrum. Although we are going to do an Eli Roth film pretty soon. Um, 
because we it's we just got to talk about him. The yeah. man's been too influential with horror as, yep. a, as a whole. So you um, can't ignore those eyebrows forever. Does he have nice eyebrows? He he's got they are caterpillars. <laughs> he has very the best eyebrows in the business. Is that what you're formidable saying? Formidable eyebrows. Okay, <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. All right, you're like I want to comb them for hours. Ooh yeah, do some little French braids in those. <laughs> Oof. So 2009's The Loved Ones. Now, as I mentioned, this was an Australian film. And the first time I saw it, I was a little worried because it had the thing that always worries me is when we see like 19 different production companies attach their name to the beginning of it. And I was like, oh, this could be bad. It starts up right away. But before we get into the, the plot itself, um, I have not, I didn't really do any research on how well received this was. Does anybody know like how well it did with like the critics or Rotten Tomatoes or anything? So according to the Rotten Tomatoes, mm. uh, critically, they've given that a 98 percent. A 98? Yeah, that kind of blew my brains out. Wow. Uh, the audience score was a 73, which is where I kind of thought it would be. You know, what surprises me, though, that the audience score is still that's a relatively high audience oh, yeah, score. But good. this was a massive box office bomb yeah. because they had a against a budget of four million dollars. Their box office was only about three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's not great. Yeah, no. Which I feel like is really surprising because, I mean, it was so critically well received and the audience received it fairly well, too. It's probably maybe the marketing just fell really flat. And that's why none of us had ever heard of it. Well, with four million, you're not getting much of a marketing budget. You're yeah. not unless it's hitting like festivals and stuff. It's probably not getting seen or picked up outside of that. And I don't think this actually got picked up by an American I don't um, think it did distribution company at all. And I think the other thing that kind of held it back was that the director of this movie, Sean Byrne, it was his first movie. That's really impressive that this is his first movie. Yeah, I, I was kind of stunned. I was like, you know, for a first timer, that's pretty quality. Yeah, no, like, I mean, this movie, if you, if I would not have guessed that. I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is pretty solid. I mean, this is ranking up with what I was seeing at the time with like Insidious and stuff yeah. like that. So, wow, that's a way to go. I wonder, has he done anything else? Uh, that I don't know. To the IMDb, everybody. <laughs> He's only made one other movie, The Devil's Candy, which I've also not oh, heard of. That's good. That is a good movie. Is it? What's it about? Uh, it's kind of ghost story, revenge thing. Definitely, I I can't talk too much about it without giving away oh, okay. pieces of it. But you should definitely watch it. It's good. Yeah, that's surprising that it it, it didn't do that well. But I mean, I don't know. I I wonder if this has got like a cult following since then. Yeah, it, it kind of didn't that Deathgasm way. kind of have the same thing. Didn't Deathgasm uh, not do great? Yeah, I don't think it did. But, you know, between this and Deathgasm, I've, I've been impressed by the Australian horror I've been watching lately. It's all been really fun. What well, Deathgasm oh, New, New Zealand or was it Australian? Oh, I thought it was Australian. Uh, mm. Well, no offense to all of our listeners down under. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you guys appreciate me saying it like that. So this movie opens up um, with a kind of a, I don't know, was it not quite a pop song, but kind of a, like a modern rock. That kind of it was a the yacht Little River rock band, song. sir. Oh, okay. So truly a yacht that rock song. That is the most yacht rock. Okay. All right. And we're, we're basically getting like establishing shots of different areas around this town, which from the opening establishing shots made this place look huge. I thought this was like a large area like you know yeah. like austin and its surrounding areas like mm -hmm. level large but everyone walks in this movie from location to location as if like it's just down the street from everything yeah so 
Yeah, we we get a bunch of uh, opening establishing shots of different areas. Also, I saw a place in the middle of a field called the Bowling Club. Oh, so I I can speak to this. Um, bowling in Australia is an outdoor sport. It's like lawn bowls, basically. So you always see a bunch of old men wearing all white throwing balls around. Okay, so it's lawn bowling? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was really weird. I was like, wait, in Australia, do they have outdoor bowling alleys? I was really excited for a minute because I was like, I would totally bowl sweet. outdoors. Oh, yeah, yeah, you basically set up your pins on a lawn and uh, the balls are smaller than like a traditional bowling ball that, you know, an American you would see in an American bowling alley. But yeah, I've never played it, but I've seen a lot of people What's play What's the difference it? between lawn bowling and bocce? Um, lawn bowling, you're still trying to knock over pins. Bocce, you're just trying to get your balls close okay. to the other ball. okay. What's the uh, the one where they hit it with a big flat bat? Is that cricket? Uh, that's or cricket. Cricket. Okay. That one's complicated as hell. I still don't know how cricket's played. Um, so we, we open up with a father and son driving down a very, very narrow road. That road was like barely big enough for the car. And I was like, is this a one-way road or how do they handle this stuff? Mm-hmm. But they're driving along. They're listening to the, the Liv- Little River Little Band. River Band. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a whole conversation between the dad and the son um, about like different types of music and the quality of music. And the dad's very much like, this is my jam. Now, did the, were the mom and the dad separated or were they together still? I think they were together still. I, I think, think they were as well. The implication was that they were still together, but okay. the mom was just not present here. Okay, because yeah. yeah, he pulls out a cigarette and the, the son kind of flashes, him. our main character Brent flashes him a look and it's kind of like, and he's like, don't worry about it. You know, your mom's sneaking him on the side too. And I was like, why don't y'all just smoke in public then? <laughs> like, just share everything at that point. But yeah, we basically just get kind of a light father-son bonding conversation where they're kind of like ribbing each other a little bit. But you can tell that, you know, they they have like a really like solid relationship. We're not starting out with kind of parental conflict or anything like Fuck that. Fuck you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> and the son is driving um, down this road. Um, this, then we are introduced to the classic horror trope of oh, yes. a person standing in the middle of the road, bloody as hell. Bloody man and in the middle of the road. This is the only thing I had with this movie where I was like, are you serious? That was the straightest damn road I think I've ever seen in any movie at, at any point in time. You could have seen that guy from 200 yards away, yet Brent, <laughs> yes. in his incapable eyeballs, apparently, it, it, they just didn't, they stopped working. Well, I mean, the, the movie made us like, he kept looking over and talking to his dad. But I mean, even then, to your point, though, the yes. road was so straight, the ground was so flat. Even if you were just occasionally glancing at the road, you'd be like, there's something large in the road about 500 meters in exactly. front of us. And I don't think it, it's not like he sprinted into the middle of the road. This guy was definitely a shambling shell of a person. He was done. Yeah, he's chainsaw massacring like in a daze, walking down the middle of the road, like completely out of it. So Brent basically turns, sees this, freaks out, yanks the wheel, skids off the side of the road, smash right into a tree. Like, and I mean, I was pretty impressed on how hard they crashed this car into the tree because yeah. they, man, it was like you felt the impact of that, like that hit. I was like, damn. And then at that point, this the screen goes black and it says six months later. Yeah, right? we jump yep. straight to six yep. months later. From okay. There. Now, this actually, I forgot that it said six months later. So everything that happened after this, when I started seeing characters reactions, I was like, yo, you guys at some point have got to like get over it or get some help. <laughs> and then like, then like later on, there's a there's a line where the mom's like, it's been six months. And I was like, oh, I take it back. I'm so sorry, y'all. <laughs> like, take your time. <laughs> sorry, <please."> Brent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we cut to six months later. 
And then uh, we're inside of a school and Brent is, I don't want to generalize and say he's all gothed out, but he definitely looks like gothy burnout at this point. I like, would say he's a little more grunged out than yeah, gothed out. I was okay. going to say he's like stereotypical 90s Hesher. And uh, he's at his locker and his buddy Jamie runs up. And um, yeah, now this dude stole the show for me. That guy was just a great side character. He was the, since I just watched 2018 Halloween, uh, Oscar, the goofy friend from 2018 Halloween. Yeah. This is the equivalent. Yeah. He's he's pretty endearing. And also he doesn't put any, he's not a creep like Oscar turns into. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as we know. All he right. doesn't yeah. seem like a creep. <laughs> yes, he doesn't seem like a creep. At least everything we get in this movie doesn't make him seem Spoiler that alert, he gets his date home safely. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, in a sense. Um, so, uh, God, I completely lost track. Okay, so <laughs> Oscar and uh, Brent are at their, no, Oscar, no. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie and, Jamie and, and Brent, Brent are at the lockers, and um, they're having their typical teenage conversation. They're passing weed back and forth. Coming to the after party? Nah. You just gonna smoke and hang out? Smoke and hang out? Man, Holly's parents were overseas and you're just gonna smoke and hang out? You got a raincoat? Yeah, I've only got one. Ripped. For her pleasure. Seriously, take it, dude. It's only gonna run out of date if I hang on to it. And then we cut to the standard hot girl walking down the hall, slow motion, hard rock kicks in. And, um, Jamie just like jaw drops. Like he's just entranced in this girl. Now, what is her name? Mia. 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 Okay. Now I did not know why Mia was this way until later on. And I'm glad we're going to get into that. But, um, yeah, she's just like, now this is full. She's full gothed out. And she's got hardcore RBF. What's RBF? Resting bitch face. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She's, She's she's she, all business. She does not take any shit. <laughs> and so Jamie is completely just like, OK, she goes to her locker. She walks away. Jamie chases her down. And oh, no, before that, we get a nice little conversation where um, Jamie tries to tell Brent to take his condom because it's ribbed for her pleasure and he's not going to use it. It'll go. It'll expire by the time he uses it. Didn't he like tweak his nipples or something at that point? He didn't rub too? it when he said yeah, he said rib, uh, rib for her pleasure. Like, oh, and I was like, God. I mean, I don't think you need the visual to yeah. to relay that information. But you guys don't communicate with your friends through nipple rubbing. No, not since the accident. Hmm. So <laughs> interesting. Mark, I'm sorry if you're out there. Um, if you're out there, I act like Mark's... Every time I do a podcast without Mark, I act like he's disappeared. Y'all, Mark is not dead, <laughs> no. to the best of our knowledge. Mark is going to be back next episode. Um, anyway, so he chases down Mia, uh, Jamie does, and runs back into frame. He's like, she said yes. So he asked her to the dance. And was this prom or was this like homecoming? This was the end this of was, school yeah, dance. Yeah. Brent goes outside and meets Holly or does well, Holly come no, to them? First no, we first meet Lola. we meet Lola. Oh, the... yes, yes, yes. I'm so, so sorry. Brent is, you know, fiddling around in his locker. He's putting the lock back on. And then we see this, this girl who's been kind of standing right next to him quietly and awkwardly. And when he notices she's there, he's like, Hey, and eventually she seems very sweet. Yeah, she seems just sweet. She seems completely just normal. She doesn't seem creepy weird. awkward. She seems sweet awkward. She seems yeah. very like low self-esteem kind of quiet. Exactly. Exactly. And so then she finally uh, speaks and asks him to the dance. And he, I thought, very kindly turned her down. He's like, sorry, Lola, I'm going with Holly. Yeah. Now, is Holly his girlfriend? Yes, okay. Holly's his girlfriend. Okay, I, I figured that when the next scene where they like, she says, I love you. And I was all like. 
Okay. But um, I was like, wouldn't this be common knowledge? Wouldn't Lola know this? But then I guess she was just like, I'm going to shoot for the moon. Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, I thought he let her down nice and easy. But apparently she felt differently. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Clearly. And so, yeah, so he turns her down. And then uh, then we cut to him going to meet Holly yes. out in the car. And they're just hardcore making out. Oh, just they, they start doing more than that. Yeah. And um, he's got hands down pants. She's got her shirt off. We get full on horror movie tit. I mean, were it's they there. in the school parking? Yes. Like this. Okay. And this comes up later, but yes. they were in the school parking lot, just going to town on each other. Like I have a note that says, how often did you guys fuck in the school parking lot? Because once, n- okay, never mind. I was going to say never for me, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, everyone just basically like leaves the steps of campus and they're like, we're free. Huh, yeah. <laughs> Anything goes, but, um, yeah, so they're getting down and, uh, on campus pre-fucking in the car and stuff like that. Um, oh, yes, Holly, the classic pre-fuck. Well, you know, you got to warm up Romance. to the fuck. Um, you can't just go in cold, all right? So she takes his uh, shirt off, and she sees that he's has, he has his uh, razor blade necklace. Yes. And when I say that, it's like a, a chain necklace with like a razor blade on the end of it. And um, he's been cutting his sides, like his rib areas, he's, like his yeah, love handle areas. Yeah. Yep. He's got some deep-rooted issues yep. that will soon piece together. He says that you'll never guess who asked me out. Yes. And then he, but he brought it up and then he won't tell her. He's like, just teasing her. Like, yeah. And, but then, you know, as they're getting down in this car and first of all, she drives like an old Volkswagen bug mm-hmm. with the biggest front seat yes. of any car. Those cars period. are not that large. It's like they took the back seat out, moved the front seat back two feet and called it good. It's, uh, he's sitting in it and she's straddled in front of him, like facing him, but she's leaning back and I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a steering wheel where she would be. And then at mm-hmm. one point, no, cause they're all oh, on no, the they passenger were on the opposite side. side. Uh, okay. Damn. Those, but at one steering point, wheel's the wrong Aussies. At one point, she like gets all the way down on the floorboards, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there is. there is." I no. hate to break it to you, but um, she was going down on him. What? Oh, yeah. Getting a little blowy. <laughs> yeah. So she's going down on him. And right outside the window, Lola is just watching. Like what? Two feet away from the car? Uh, oh, apparently, these people don't have any peripheral vision. Maybe Brent. Maybe Brent just can't see things that I are like that not might be right his in problem. front of him. I'm telling you, the man's issue eyes with him. are screwed. Yeah, all he had to do was just barely glance to his left, and he would have seen Lola like just watching them get down in this car. And she doesn't seem like still like anything other than just kind of being a little bit weird. You're just yeah, like, mm. she's just kind of deadpan. Like she, it's she's not not. I mean, she's creeping, but she doesn't seem creepy at this point. She just seems weird. Yeah, and so that scene ends, and then Holly takes uh, Brent home. So Holly drops him off out in front of his house and he's getting out of the car. And I guess they're like, they're, they're verifying their plans for the dance, which is that night. Yeah. She's going to pick him up at seven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she says, I love you. And in classic Brent fashion, he just kind of looks at her and goes, mm-hmm. And then walks the fuck away. I was really hoping he would Han Solo it and just say, I know. Oh, uh, that would have been great. <clears throat> you know, I gotta, I gotta give Holly some credit here for being an emotionally mature person because she seems a little hurt by this, but she doesn't fly off the handle or anything. And I think that, you know, when, when we learn a little bit more about Brent's background, she's just like being really empathetic here. I don't yeah. know. She, she seems is, like I, a really nice I girl. I do like the little shade she threw at him. She's like, well, I guess I'll just have to deal with dating an emotional retard. And I was yeah. like, whoa, dropping the hard R. It was 2009. Okay. But like... 
she kind of calls him out on it. She, she does. She kind of lets him know, Good like, her. yo, bro, come on, get with the program. Yeah. I, you know what? Setting boundaries, but being kind. That's yeah, if you want to knock point. it out of the park, bro, you got to step up to the plate. Well, also, I didn't know how long they've been dating. I don't know. Were they dating before um, the accident? Unclear. Okay. Don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, sometimes, you know, you can say it too fast. So now we cut to inside. Brent is in his room, and it is super dark. He's listening to metal, you know, heavy metal and stuff like that. And his mom walks in. And see, at first, I didn't know it was his mom, because his mom looks very young. Mm -hmm. But his mom walks in just looking like a complete mess. And what does she say at that point? Oh, God. She says something to a degree of like, are you going to that dance? Oh, oh she oh. makes it very clear that she's uncomfortable with Holly driving. Yes. She just got her driver's license today. Yeah, and she's it. like, I'll give you money for a cab. And at this point, we get confirmation that Brent's dad did not survive the accident that we saw in the first scene. Yeah, he's like, she's a safe driver. She's like, I don't care. She's still too new at this. And, and then he kind of was like, like, it's not gonna it's not gonna be an accident, mom. And she's like, I you know, she kinda gives him that like, okay, whatever. And he's like, You blame me for dad's death. And she doesn't really say no. She just kind of looks at him and I was like, Oh, you should at least say no. Cold like, even, blooded. Even if you do feel that way, just tell your kid no, it's not their fault. Yeah. Sometimes God. lying to your child is the kindest thing. <laughs> because he is taking this very hard. And we this is where we actually first start to get the like the real like He's he seemed broody before, but now you can see like he's got some very deep seated emotional trauma yeah. that he is. He killed his dad. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's not coping himself. well with it. No, he's cutting himself as some sort of penance. I, I believe that's called dad slaughter. <laughs> what is that from? We learned that in extraordinary. That's right. Oh, yeah. Dad slaughter. <laughs> After that scene, we then cut to Brent walking in what I thought was the Australian outback. It looks like it's in the middle of fucking nowhere because he comes to this like on a vision quest. <laughs> exactly. He's got his iPod on iPod classic. R.I.P. Long live forever. Love that 64 click gigs. Oh, that's that fucking spin wheel. Bring it back. Um, they never will. But um, here we are. So it's the future, baby. So he's listening to his heavy metal and he comes to this giant cliff wall where he's going to basically free solo this thing. Like, that's what I thought. Like, they did that kind of wide pan of the area. And I'm like, you just cut yourself with your razor in your hand by gripping it too hard. Now there's a giant cliff. One, if you climb that, you're going to get infected. That's going to infect your cut, bro. Take care of yourself. Yeah, because he, he that's a very good point, because before, as he's walking to this area down with like a suburban neighborhood, yeah. he he has his razor blade necklace in his hand. He's like squeezing it, making a fist around the it. Blood and it's, is just gushing out of his and hand. It's, it's dripping. So you're right. He has a gaping wound in his hand at this point. Probably yep. two gaping wounds on okay. each side of the razor. All right. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, thank you, our razor expert. Um, hey, <laughs> what can I say? I like shiny things <laughs> and um so then yeah he goes out to this area and there's like this giant rock wall he starts free soloing up yep. this thing i thought the dog was a random dog i didn't know that was his dog i didn't dog either. just running around him i thought it was like a dingo yeah you know and um well i mean what i didn't know i don't know how common dingoes are in australia i'm getting the side eye over here from our what are our I'm guests gonna say not terribly common they're not just like street dogs running around no they're not like kangaroos kangaroos are fucking everywhere Okay, um, so he freezes up this mountain or mountain, this this large rock wall, mm -hmm. um, and then he kind of hangs off of it as if he wants to like let himself fall. And I don't know, like 
you get that like once he starts slipping, he like grabs on like, okay, I want to live. Yeah. So you ready? You realize he's not ready to to kill himself, even though you can tell he emotionally and mentally he's kind of at that place. Yeah. Um, he climbs up on top of the wall. He's sitting there and just having a moment. And out of nowhere, a figure comes up behind him. And just chloroforms the fuck out of them. And I gotta say, um, I gotta give this movie some credit for a pretty realistic chloroforming, because I feel like in a lot of movies it knocks you out instantly. There is a struggle here, and this guy is like holding the rag to his face, because chloroform, to my understanding, takes a few minutes to kick in, and... I don't know. I thought it was a well done scene. Yeah. You were impressed with the chloroform accuracy. I was. Okay. Also the first time I was like, like Oh, he used color forms. And I was like, wait, color forms color are form. not the same thing. Color here. form. And, um, <laughs> cause I was like, I wrote that down and I was like, Oh, I totally miswrote this. I think. Um, yeah. So he gets chloroformed and evidently, I mean, you see like a brief moment of it in the background, but this dude also hits the dog yeah. in the background. You don't find out really how bad it is till later, but like he stabs that his dog and that's Brent's dog. Boom, this dude takes, puts Brent in the car, drives the fuck off. And then we cut back to um, Holly getting ready for the dance. She's kind of doing her little thing. And then we cut back to the car. You know, it's, it's intertwined back and mm. forth. Um, but at this point, is this where Jamie goes and picks up his date? Yes. yes. Okay. So now we cut to a scene where Jamie is now going to go pick up Mia at her house. And he goes there and Mia's dad is a cop which we find out at this scene because he goes to pick her up and he's fumbling. He's got, you know, he's spraying um, Axe body spray or whatever in his car all over himself. He's got flowers. You know, he's got a goofy kind of charming going up there. Goes to pick up Mia. She just walks out the door and is like, let's go. And I was like, wow, dude, like have a little bit of like excitement. Like this dude is asking you to go out, but she is just like, give me the fuck out of the house. She's a tough lady, man. She's in it for the weed and the booze. Yeah. She's <laughs> there to party. And so her mom's like, let's get a picture before you go. Your dad wants a picture. And so they take a picture kind of begrudgingly. And uh, the dad... And as a former teenager, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would No, no pictures. I kind of... I always knew that the pictures are part of it. But, like, it's always weird when, like, the dad's taking the picture. Because you're just like, I don't know where to put my hands. Like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands, you know? I'll give you a hand, <laughs> not the butt. No, I... <laughs> Obviously, it took me three times to figure that one out. No, um, no. So, but no, he did a great job of just being kind of awkward and, and taking Mia to the dance. And then they drive off. Um, she's just not having any of it. No, she's just glad to be out of the house, I mm -hmm. think. And um, so then we cut back to the car driving in the middle, middle of the wilderness. And it looks like the wilderness. Am I wrong? Was I the only person that thought they were in the middle of nowhere? I, I think in a lot of moderately sized Australian towns, it doesn't really take that long to get out into a pretty remote area because like their populated areas are heavily concentrated, like right along the coasts. So I think that once you start to move toward the interior, it seems pretty plausible that you could get to a remote area relatively quickly. Okay. I mean, I, I see it. It was just, um, you know, it just seemed like they were driving forever wherever this car was going with uh, Brent's body. I it. thought they were heading 50 miles out into the bush. That's the way I, that's the way it felt for me too. I was just like, wow. I don't know. They stopped at that chicken place. Uh, so <laughs> aptly tight named hot wings. Oh yeah. I was like, I, congratulations, Australia. No frills. They just say what they were, what they're selling. Yep. I, I saw that and I was like, you know, it may not be creative, but boy, if I want some hot wings and nowhere to go, that little shack is where I'm going. 
Yeah. And so the, the car with Brent's body pulls up to a house and then we cut back to the mom and Holly. Holly's ready for her date and uh, Brent hasn't come to get her yet. Mm-hmm. So the mom is like worried. And she's like, have you, have you talked to him lately? Have you seen him? And you know, mom's being super overprotective. His phone's going straight to voicemail and yeah, they, neither of them know, know where Typical missing person type situation in a movie. Yeah. But then the mom walks over to the cliff that he was at and finds his iPod. I thought the cop found that later oh, on. Was it? Oh, okay, the cop finds it. Okay. Because what happens is they're on the front on the front steps, mm. uh, Holly and the mom, and the dog comes crawling back. Oh, yeah, the yeah, dog comes. Right. This was, you know what? This was probably the toughest part of the movie Agreed. for me, even though there's much more gruesome stuff later on. This poor dog. Yeah, this dog is whimpering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this dog is just, it's crawling up, it's whimpering. It had been stabbed, evidently, we find out, which, and then she, and then Holly takes it to the hospital. But does she ever make it there? I think it dies on route. It dies, yeah. Okay, because I was like, she stops at one point and starts crying. And I was like, get that goddamn dog to the hospital. Like, what are you doing? Hit the gas, lady. Um, but yeah, so all this stuff is going down. They clearly at this point are, you know, it's a missing person situation. And I think, did they go to the cop before we cut back to uh, Lola's house? I think his mom calls Mia's dad. Yeah, okay. but I don't think they find the iPod until after we've had. Yeah, some it's a little bit later. Yeah, yeah it's. A, I apologize. That's definitely a little bit later. But they report that the fact that Brent's missing at this mm-hmm. point. Yes. So the cop dad, cop dad, is on the case, and um, everyone else is doing their thing. Jamie and uh, Mia are at the dance, and we'll get back to them in a little bit. But we now pull up to the house, and we cut to the inside, and Brent is tied to a chair. In a tuxedo. In a in a very nice tuxedo, yeah. too. Which and we see that the chair is bolted to the floor. Yep. And it's a very, yeah, you know, your standard kind of like, you know, small house, but it's got um, a disco ball, like with like flashing lights. And it's, it looks like a party is about to happen. Yeah. And I think the, is the banner behind him, I think, where it's, it's behind like, the dad. Yeah. But there's balloons on the floor. There's a banner that says, you know, end of school dance, something like that. Yes, and you realize that we are at Lola's house. And Lola is there to have a into-school dance with the guy that she likes, which her dad abducted and brought to the house, chloroformed, tied to the chair. Man, at this point, this is where the movie got real for me the first time I saw it. I was like, okay, wait a minute. This took a real weird turn for me. (laughs) Um, And then Lola is in her room, and she's going through like, um, scrapbooks and stuff mm-hmm. that she's made and the dad brings her a, a real nice pink dress and I was like oh this is the best horror version of Pretty in Pink I've ever seen um, so and it, she puts it was it a cute dress too I wouldn't trust my dad to but, pick out something that nice and then she tries it on in front of him and daddy's got some weird looks for his daughter oh yeah naked did not appreciate Ooh. that yeah there is a there is a very prevalent weird incestual thing going on here but i, I want to dig into that for a minute because we're gonna get into some scenes that will um kind of amplify that situation a little bit later but it did it seem like i don't know if he was enjoying it too much other than the fact that i thought she was trying to like play to the cameras like play to him and he felt obligated to stay there i think he was it was kind of the internal struggle because i do think something probably happened in their past but i feel like the 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 incesty vibes originate more with the daughter than the dad yeah yeah because later on she's like it's always been you daddy because she's like it's being really aggressive to her her mom 
which we'll get into in a moment. But um, yeah, I see that's the way I got it. I got a very like Lola was like, it's you, daddy. Like she couldn't find a boyfriend. So she was projecting onto mm-hmm. her dad like this weird relationship. The dad had this, the dad did a great job of um, acting the, um, and portraying the conflict of like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. But he was going on with it. And I kind of wondered why. I don't know. He seemed to be into a lot of what he was doing. He seemed Violent to, stuff wise. He seemed yes. to be in into the violence, but less into the incest. I mean, could just be some weird si- Stockholm Syndrome abuse situation. And she just has kind of done that to him. Yeah. Oh, see, Who knows? I, I feel like... I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead too, too far here. We can jump ahead a little bit if we need to. I feel like he is the one who started this weird cycle of violence um, just based on what we learn about her mom. And then she... You think she learned it from the dad and took it to the next level? Exactly, because because when she goes to, you know, like, again... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get get to that pretty soon, but... Okay, I can see that. This was her first time doing the the really gruesome violence thing. That does make sense, but she did have some weird sexual, like, thing, because, like, when we're seeing her in her room before she puts the dress on, like, all her dolls are weirdly taped up and bondaged up and weird, like, Mm -hmm. the face are, like, bandaged up, and they're, like, in weird sexual positions with other dolls and like the crotches have blue tape over all of the Barbies. And I was like, okay, there's something going on here. And then later on it kind of amplifies as we'll get into with the, the dad and stuff. But so, um, yes, yeah, so they've kidnapped Brent. She's going to have a dance and she's going to go with the boy she loves. And that's going to be Brent. So she goes out and they're at a dinner table first and they're going to eat. And this is where it gets real Texas chainsaw massacre too. On yeah. us. Very much though. Um, the dad is there at the table um, Lola's there. Mm-hmm. Their mother's there, and the mother looks like she has just been through hell and back. It looked like, and she has she has this kind of wound in her forehead, and to me, it basically looked like a bullet had hit her skull and stopped. Like <laughs> it, I couldn't really tell quite what was going on there yet, but she she clearly has some kind of old wound on her forehead and she is clearly not all there. She doesn't speak. She looks kind of catatonic. Yes. With a forehead. The moment I saw that the first time I was like, oh, no, like I immediately got that. I was like, just from like, you know, like the stuff we heard about Dahmer and everything back in the day. I was just (laughs) like, oh, boy, we got sex. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. God damn it. So, um, yeah. So the 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 mother now. Quick question for y'all: Was this really their mother, or was this a woman that was kidnapped to be the mother? I th- I feel the latter. See, I initially I thought it was uh, just some lady that they had kidnapped to be the dad's partner, but then at the very end, when she refers to her as mom or whatever, I was like, oh, I think that's actually her mom. Yeah, I wonder if like she wanted out of the marriage and like the dad found a way to keep her there, and I wondered if like he did it for the daughter. There's I think like she's so just much more like that. I think that he kidnapped her. Uh, Fucked her brain up and then impregnated her. Oh, you and think? had the daughter. Yeah, oh, that's my. Oh, uh, that could be. That's even weirder. 
God. Yeah, this movie takes a very dark turn very quick. I mean, yes. up to the chloroform, you're like, oh, shit, this is kind of crazy. He's missing. At this point, there's no turning back. This yeah. movie turns it up to like a nine or a 10 at this point. And it's going to go up to 11 later on. But um, so we start to get a bunch of scenes where uh, Lola is very much in control of this family. The dad's doing everything to keep her happy. Uh, they're eating fried chicken. Very weird meal. Super gross looking chicken too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like gray and greasy. It's not well seasoned. <laughs> yeah, he try. She tries to. Lola tries to shove a piece into the, the mother's name is Bright Eyes is what they call her. Tries to shove a piece into Bright Eyes' mouth and like gets real like hostile with her, which that also kind of made me question the dynamic of this family because like man, she's talking to her mom like that, and so I didn't know who she was. But clearly, Lola sees Bright Eyes as a threat. To mm-hmm. her relationship uh, with her dad. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Brent's over there feeling real uncomfortable. They then inject some blue liquid into his throat. What it was looks that? like like toilet cleaner that, or Drano like, or something. They inject it like right into his voice box area. That's gotta it's so he can't yell or anything. Because yeah. like if you notice like at that point, he can only like do that weird like screechy kind of <sighs> like howl thing. How'd they go? <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Thank you. Not bad. Um, did, did you do the Foley work for that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Winslow in the studio. <laughs> Speaking of which, whoever did the sound for this movie did a fantastic oh, job. Oh, it's yucky. Fantastic. Are we, are we referring noises. to the, the wonderful drilling sound that made uh, my bones <laughs> curl? <laughs> Just, yeah. That uh, was. Well, yeah, we keep alluding to this scene and we're going to get to it, but. That was the one right there. I was like, I don't need to hear this noise ever again. (laughs) Um, So she then goes over to Brent. Lola does. And she is going to make him eat chicken. And she has got the best creepy overprotective girlfriend face in the world at this point. It's so weird. Like. She was creeping me out, and I was just like, Ugh, I hope nobody ever looks at me you know, I didn't, in this manner. I didn't really ever. think about it at the time, but this actress really crushed it. She, oh, yeah. she just oh, totally yeah. disappeared into this role. I think we do need to take a moment and just talk about every single person in this movie did a fantastic job, they which did. is why it's so upsetting it didn't do better, because... Yeah. I, you know, you think of even the side characters, like the cop father, you know, like even he sold every single thing he did. And Brent, because, you know, he can't really talk through most of the movie. He hardly has any lines in this movie, but just his facial expressions and his body language. That's not easy. And he does a great job. Everybody did great. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, we we cut back and forth a little bit to um, Jamie and Mia at the the dance and they're in the car. Mia doesn't want to go in. She decides to smoke. uh, She just wants to smoke pot and chug vodka. And she is chugging vodka. She's like and and it's funny because Jamie who's looking over there is just like looking at like wide. eyed like, holy shit. How is that possible? Because he's taking a hit off the joint here and there. But man, she is just puffing away at that thing, taking massive swigs off this bottle of vodka. And he looks a little shell shocked. He's he's realizing he's bitten off more than he can. He is out of his depth. And he's just (laughs) doesn't know what to do. But Poor kid. He, he does a, such a great job of like, OK, I'm going to try to hang with this. Like, but so then that's going on. Um, of course, there's a few scenes where cop dad's, you know, looking around. He finds the iPod. The reason I'm kind of burning through this stuff is because the order is not super important. What yeah. happens at the house with Lola's was the most important stuff Definitely. at this point. So um, intercut between what we're going to talk about with Lola and the family, um, all those things happen. Then at the house, Lola goes over to Brent 
who's fully injected in the throat with Drano cleaner or toilet cleaner or whatever it was, um, tries to feed him some chicken. And then he's like, I've got to go to the bathroom. Like he says toilet. He like mumbles, mumbles the word it. toilet. She's like toilet one or two. And he's like, she knows she finds out it's number one. And then she drinks a full glass of milk in front of him God. and then holds the cup below his dick, like takes it out. The dad is just watching this happen. What yep. is what makes watching villains drink milk so unsettling? I don't know. It's like good. like Colonel Landa and in Inglorious Bastards. He doesn't want wine. He wants milk. Weird. Look, milk is fantastic. All right. Milk's pretty delicious. Yes. I don't know. I think there's something that, something about watching a villain drink milk that is distinctly unwholesome. But here's the question. What type of milk do you get, man? Uh, 2%. 2%. Okay, I'm a skim guy. I do 1%, but I, I do was, skim. I was raised on skim. Okay. So that's all we had when I was a kid. It wasn't until I was probably 20 when I realized there was other types of milk. <laughs> and then I was like, vitamin D, delicious, 2%. Gold, full whole milk. That's a bit too much. I yes, get. only villains drink whole milk. Yeah, and I'm going to say, yeah. based on the viscosity of the milk in this oh, glass, the I, word viscosity I alone. I think it was whole milk. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, this is so, key to the plot, you guys. <laughs> so she chugs this glass of milk right in front of it. It's like running down the side of her mouth. And then she gets down on her knees, pulls his dick out. And it's really weirdly seductive, too. Pulls his dick out, holds the cup to it. And she's like, go. And the dad's just watching it like, okay, this is happening. And then he can't go. I don't know if it's stage fright, but then she thinks it's like, oh, he was lying to try to get out of here. Yeah. And, um, and she tells her dad to get the hammer. Yes. Yes. And at this point I did not know what was going to happen. The first time I saw it, I was like, I, I oh, didn't boy. either. I was sitting there and I was like, they're just going to beat up his penis. That poor penis <laughs> is going to get whacked with that tally whacker. That poor, poor penis. <laughs> so she basically says, if you're telling Porky Pies, daddy's going to nail it to the chair. She's like, you've got 10 seconds to piss. I had to replay that to make sure I heard what I heard. I heard it. And I was like, I don't want to believe I just heard that. But He's trying and she gets to nine. And right before she says 10, he manages to like force himself Squirt to start out a dribble. And then she gets really turned on. Like she is way into this. And then he finishes and then like she goes to kiss him. Everybody's and got it's their like kink. the old piss and kiss, you know, like, I mean, how often does this happen? <laughs> oh, the old piss and kiss. <laughs> you know? That sounds like Ugh. the worst convenience store ever. <laughs> After that awkward thing, now dad doesn't have to do anything with the hammer, but he does take the hammer and go sit back down at the end of the table. Mm -hmm. So as she's doing uh, the old piss and kiss, as we call it, um, he is taking his necklace with this. Please don't make kissing noises. <laughs> when I'm talking to does uh, that turn you on? Classic grave talk. All you out there jacking off right now. We get it. Um, so you're welcome. As this is happening, he um, he has his razor necklace and he's cutting through his uh, rope um, around his wrist. Yeah, behind his back, so they can't see it. So while she's down there being creepy, now she stands up and then he just kind of leans back in the chair and then drop kicks her like fucking WWF, yep. like drop kicks her like into square the table. in the sternum too. Like. she goes flying into the table. The table gets knocked over. He hauls ass. Oh, and no, his he's, feet are still tied he, together. He hauls ass as f hauling as he can, hopping away. You know what? That dude can hop like a motherfucker. He little bunny foo food straight out that door. Yep. And then he hides under the car. 
And the dad's like right on his tail, like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to get this guy. But he doesn't see where he went. He's like looking around in the yard. And as the dad's looking around, Brent's under the car, like trying to saw through the rope around his ankles. Yes. Yes. And he does. He does eventually get the rope off his ankles. And the dad gets in the car and is like going to drive around and look for him. It's dark outside. So the headlights kind of are being used as like the spot of where our focus is supposed to go. I thought this scene was great. It was a really effective scene. It's one of those really great moments where like the filmmaker does a good job of like, it's intense. You know, where you're supposed to be looking, what you're supposed to be seeing. And it just plays out really nice. So uh, the dad backs the car up, sees Brent, Brent starts running. He runs up a tree. The dad at this point drives his car full blast into the tree, which I was like, this is not a smart man. (laughs) Clearly. We saw what happened last time. Somebody (laughs) ran their car into a tree. You know what? It doesn't end well. I think there's just something about trees in Australia. They're just real easy to drive into. You just can't turn away. It's like birds and glass. You just got to go right into it. Um, So he crashes his car into the tree. He gets out. Lola runs out at this point. A little winded, but just really excited about the whole situation. And they start throwing, what, dirt claws? They, rocks. I think they're just chucking rocks yeah, at them. Yeah, I, I couldn't see. I was like, is that a bag of sand? What is this? <laughs> I, the reason I say they're rocks is rocks because, bags. because they, <laughs> they hit the tree pretty hard. And then when, when one eventually makes contact, Brent is out cold. Yes. Yeah, so they're chunking these things up into the tree. And when Brent gets hit, he falls out of the tree onto the hood of the car and he doesn't like fall on the hood of the car. He clips the side of the car and it just twists him. And in he air. just crumples. Yep. It's it's very effective. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was actually one of the hardest parts of this movie for me to watch. I, it looked really good. Like he hardest. just looked like a sack of potatoes falling out. Yeah. Of that, yeah. Yeah. Out of that stunt guy. That was one of the best like hits I've seen in a long fucking time. Um so they get him back inside. Now, they've got to make sure he doesn't tool this shit again. No, they they can't <laughs> afford that, can they? So he's back on the chair. He's tied up again. And now they're going to hammer fucking steak, steak knives, knives through his God. feet. Yeah, so they, they take off his shoes and... Start hammering. Commence to pound Well, him. first we have to get Lola face like straddling him in his lap. Oh, yeah, because he's moving around a lot. He, oh, he, yeah. He kind of hits it in. The dad hits it in one, and he starts squirming around. And then Lola, like, yeah, straddles him and then is seductively, like, in his face as, like, the dad's just hammering more and more <sighs> of these steak knives through. And she's like, cry. Like, she wants him to cry. Like, she needs this. And he just realizes this is what she wants. Yeah. And then he buckles down and doesn't let a fucking tear run down. Man up. That guy did it. He's like gritted teeth staring her in the face like, fuck you. This guy must have an issue with his tear ducts because I think (laughs) (laughs) there is no way that you wouldn't just like. Out of a, you know, uncontrollable physical reaction. Your eyes are going to water a little. When I stub my toe hard enough, sometimes it's like involuntary, like wetness on the edge. You know, like this guy's got steak knives through his feet. Wetness Mm -hmm. on the edge is the name of my hair metal album. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Track number six. Um, Guest starring BJJ, Bon John Jovi. Wait, did I do that right? I don't even know if I got his initials right. Bon John Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Bon Bon Jovi. He's he's all candy. I love him. Um, So (laughs) anyway, um, Brent is now knifed to the floor and Lola is on him just squirming and getting hers. And man, oh, man, she is pissed off that he's not crying. Now, is this the part where they feed? Oh, no, 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 no. This is when they go through 
she shows start showing him pictures. Yes, that uh, scrapbook that we saw her dicking with earlier. Yeah, he's now she's now going through it with her dad and Brent and showing things like, oh, here's this boyfriend. Here's this boyfriend, and they're all like missing dudes. Yeah, they're all newspaper clippings of missing persons, and then Polaroids of them like etched up and fucking brutalized and all that. Like, so she's done this before. Yeah, yeah Brent's probably what number. Five. Yeah, four or five somewhere. Yeah, there. definitely, definitely getting up there. And then we get to this is the one who got away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that's very important too. Like, this is the one who got away. And he looks down and he sees the face mm-hmm. of this man or this boy. And it's the same boy who was in the middle of the road at the beginning of the film. And, um, we also find out because to circle back to when uh, Jamie was picking his date up, he refers to the parents as Mr. And Mrs. Valentine. And we see on this missing clip, it, clip it, the missing person's newspaper clipping. The guy's name is like Tom Valentine or something. So now yeah. we know why Miss Mia is so damaged. Miss Mia Wallace. Um, yeah. Mia is messed up because her brother was kidnapped and, and they don't know what happened to him. Yeah. Um, as far as we know. Right. Yeah, it yeah. seems like he, you know, just continued to wander through the outback and presumably dies. And he's still wandering to this day. Um, Could be. So, yeah, no. Um, so that's why Mia has her issues. Now, this that point when we realized that this movie took on a very weird turn for me, like the emotional trauma that so many people are going through in this film and then what they're having to put up with, like externally, man, it maybe like respect those characters so much more like, OK, I don't know how I'd handle that situation, but oh. damn, um, it made it made me feel a lot more comfortable with Mia's actions because cut back to Mia and Jamie they're at the dance. They're headbanging in the car. She's drinking, chugging half a bottle of vodka. Smoking. Then they go inside and they're slow dancing on the floor with all the other kids, mm-hmm. all the other high school kids. And then she just starts fucking feel, rub- like feeling up his dick hardcore. No, she's like getting down like she's just rubbing it like she's going for gold. And all the kids are looking at her like, whoa, all the girls are looking at her like kind of slut. And then like all the guys are looking at Jamie kind of like, hell yeah, yeah, dude. dude. And then the the principal or the whatever. Headmaster. The authoritarian figure. Because um, it's like, if y'all want to do this, take it somewhere else. That was the nicest offer that like those kids got. Like in my high yep. school and stuff, it was all like, fuck you. We're calling the cops. We're going to yep. get you expelled, blah, blah, blah. It was never like, hey, if you guys want to go fucking drink, go do it somewhere else. Well, listen, there's only one cop in town and it's her dad. OK, that's <laughs> true. That's true. So they go back outside. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this scene real quick, but it happens a little bit later in the film. We cut to them in the car full on fucking at this point. Windows are Bone fogged in. up. They're both nude Sweaty. as hell. And Mia is riding him like her life depended on it. And. Don't get me wrong. Jamie should just rename himself to Clydesdale. Shit. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a knock on the window and it's the headmaster again. He's like, when I like, said this, what school is this? This is now two sets of people having sex in their cars. All willy nilly. Willy nilly. <laughs> yes. That was a dick joke. It was. And if you look at the, if the, you look at the frame of the shot too, they are literally maybe 150 feet from the door of the school. Yeah. Like, they're not even, like, going to the back of the school under the bleachers. Which no, they're is very just like, funny because they clearly drove to where they went. They moved the car. <laughs> that's true. But, like, you could see the, like, entrance by behind them. And I was like, guys, you, you should have gone further. They just moved it to the next row of parking places. <laughs> yep. He just pulled forward to the next spot. Yeah. And it happens a little bit later. But Jamie ends up taking Mia home. 
Mia's definitely got some problems. He's had a good night, but he kind of knows there's some stuff going on there. Cut back to Lola and the dad. And now it gets weird because they're showing him all the stuff. He's realized that the boy that caused him to have the accident was one of her victims. Yeah. One of her victims. And then the dad goes and he picked up a possum earlier on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. The dad goes and pulls up a rug across the entirety of the floor. Oh, we he, he, at this point in time, Brent also. Oh has yeah, because she says she wants to draw now. Part. Oh yeah, and a, the dad is like, "You're getting so much better at drawing." And mm-hmm. when it pulls away, she has a bloody fork in her hand. A fork. I can't imagine how much that would fucking hurt. And his chest is just carved, carved. to pieces. And she's put a heart with her initials in it. L S. Like. Christ, may as well just done it with a spoon. Jesus. <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> Spoonie G in The Loved Ones 2. It's all More hip-hop. loving all around. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she's carved uh, the heart and the initials on his chest, like all his other, all of her other victims. And then the dad, at this point, takes a little salt and chunks it on his chest. Yeah. A, a lot of salt. Well, he kind of shakes it. Yeah. And then he goes, you don't want to use too much. He's like salt in a driveway after an ice storm amount of salt. Lola grabs it, takes the whole cap off and then just chunks it like a a white stream of salt (sighs) lands on him. And at this point, he can't he still can't yell. His throat is fucked from whatever they injected in it. The dude, the actor who plays Brent does such a great job of portraying just utter agony. Like you said, oh, so good. Um, they go back. Dad pulls up a carpet. Oh, wait, did this is the, the drill first? Not yet. Not no, yet. not okay. yet. Okay. Yeah, he like opens up two big doors in the floor. Yeah, he pulls up a rug and then there's like, um, as there's you said, two giant doors and they're metal doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like heavy metal doors. And then there's just this pit in the middle of the living room. And Classic scre- living room pit. Like screeching. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? The first time I was like, holy shit, what is down there? Yeah. And then he earlier in the the movie, uh, the dad picks up a possum off the side of the road and then he goes like scream for your dinner, beg for it and then chunks it down there. And then these dudes, these young boys, the zombie fight, I'm going to say zombie, but like the tortured, almost near death, like super emaciated, like just they're fucked up. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess she's been keeping them alive. Is that what's been happening? It wasn't clear to me that those were the boys the, specifically. Yeah. I thought that they were just people they'd done this to. I think they were just pets. Yeah, I thought the, the implication to me was like the boys had maybe died, like they had killed them. Um, but you know what? Hard to say. But they do have uh, living room pit zombies. And it looked like one of them may have been female. Yeah. And you know what? Based on all of the bones down there. They've been there a while. And it, it seems like um, those 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 bones primarily didn't seem to be animal either. Nope. Seems like we got a lot of human bones down there. So yep. I don't know. We 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 don't. Re- I, I, th- I think it's safe to say we don't really know what happened to her previous victims. They may still be alive and pit zombies or they may be some of the bones down there. Yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, they've got. They've got a pit of fucked up people. And there's three of them down there. There's yeah. cannibal just, pets. Yes. Yeah. And they throw the uh, they throw the, the possum in there. They eat it. And then this is this is the biggest mistake that I thought the, the dad made. He left the pit open. 
Yeah. Well, you know, you got to let it air out a little. No, I mean, don't. it's a pit. Yeah. yeah. Let's That's let the pit do what house. it do. I love letting my pits air out. I <laughs> know <So. laughs> we can tell we're not that far away from yeah. in the studio here. <laughs> At this point, this is where the movie kind of, I guess, would say has its most intense moment. Yes. Um, it is now time to make uh, happy Brent, fun times. Yes. It's time to make Brent her boyfriend. They're going to Dahmer this up and drill a fucking hole in his head. And he, the dad comes in. Oh, no. Before that, we have the dance. We oh, have the this father. Thing? Yeah, we have the father daughter dance. Like, because after they, they assault him up, she's like, I want to dance, dance with daddy. Me, daddy. This is where she says, it's always been you, daddy. Like, <sighs> you know, because she realizes that Brent's not going to love her. Yeah. And so they're dancing very close and very awkwardly. The dad at this point looks very uncomfortable. Like he's like, I want out of this. He doesn't do anything like that because he she wants also she wants bright eyes, the mom to watch this happening, Mm -hmm. too. This is where it gets super fucking weird because no dice. Bright eyes goes to the room. The the girl takes bright eyes to the room. And now they're going to basically zombify Dahmer Brent. I couldn't remember his name for a minute. Yeah. I was going to call him Brad. <laughs> we get a little, we get a little trepanation guy. action here. Yeah. They get a drill and we're talking just your standard cordless drill. Yeah. Ryobi. The Ryobi, Black and Decker, what whatever, kind of, DeWalt. What, what size bit do you think is on there? Uh, maybe it wasn't a, a real big one. Yeah. I would say maybe, maybe a three eighths of an inch. I was going to say yeah, three eighths. Right. That's about right. Because uh, he, oh God, this part. And we see this. In all its glory, in its own specific way, they start and drilling. they build up. They do a very good build up. Where yeah, Dad's holding him. He's got him, you know, locked kind of down pretty tight. And Lola has the drill in her hand, and she starts off probably six to eight feet away, and, and just starts just slowly it moving in and with just the straw. creeping. It's like. James Bond, where he's trapped on a table and a laser's. Ah, Mr. Brent, once again, we see there's nothing you have that I can't drill. And she (laughs) she also mentions this being her first time doing. Yes. And this is this is where she's going to make her own first whatever. Yeah. And it's she's very excited about it. Listen, I I was excited about about my first sex. Her lobotomy cherry. This got really weird from both of you really quick. Yeah, so she goes up. Now, this was very interesting because as they start to drill in his head, you see it kind of go into the skin, mm-hmm. but then we get the behind the head shot. We don't actually get to see the hole being drilled as it's being drilled, and I really appreciated that because what we do get instead is we get a behind the head shot of her like leaning into this fucking drill. The dad says, don't go too deep. Just past the skull. Like, you just got to get through the skull. We hear a noise, the drill against bone. And, and it's, it's like this kind of squealy, it, like just it's like no, when you hit a stud and it gets too. No yeah. human should ever have to hear that noise. And then nice little subtle touch. There's like little wisps of smoke coming off. Yes, because you think it, it was smoke or just it's smoke brain fragments. It looked like it was so like light and wispy. It looked smoky to me or steam. Maybe it's just it, it was definitely smoke. I'm just being yeah. facetious, <laughs> but because when they do the second time, 
Damn, they're about to start a goddamn campfire on that kid's yes. forehead. <laughs> it's like you're rubbing the sticks together to, to try to get a spark. Um, yeah, no, but you see smoke and you hear this noise. Honestly, that was way more effective not seeing the hole for me than actually seeing the gore. And you just see that she has this like maniacal, gleeful look on her face. Oh, yeah. She's enjoying it. She's so happy about it. And so then they, right as they finish drilling, you hear the kettle whistling. Yes. Oh. The kettle whistling. And then again, this definitely, from my stupid knowledge of stupid shit, I was like, oh, no, this is this is definitely what I think it is. And uh, yeah, they're going to pour boiling water into the front of his brain. They're going to lobotomize him. And she goes over with the kettle. The dad gets it, hands it to her. And he's like, be very careful. It's hot. She doesn't tip it far enough. Mm-hmm. So the water runs down the side of the kettle and burns dad's arm a little bit. And he's Excuse like, me. ah, yeah. daddy, daddy, I'm so daddy. sorry. I got to make it creepier. Daddy. One more time for the mic. Daddy. Okay. How about a little bit of daddy sweetness? Yeah. (laughs) That's too far. I'm just going to edit that in every two minutes in the episode. Daddy Daddy sweetness. sweetness. Daddy sweetness. Um, (laughs) So um, she goes to do this. Dad's like, daddy burns his arm. He's like, okay, you got to, you got to give it more of a tip. And she's like, okay, okay. And she's about to do it. And you're like, okay, here it comes. And then she throws a little tantrum and she's like, I want the hole to be bigger, daddy. And he's like, really? Like he's annoyed. And he's yeah. like, okay, fine. Here we go. So he goes and gets the drill. And I thought, oh, something's going to happen to stop yes. this from happening. I but thought that at every stage here, I'm like, there's no way they're actually going to drill his head. There's no way they're going to drill his head again. No, I, I was, I was wrong. <laughs> y'all. wrong. And if you've ever like took a drill to drywall to try to make a hole a little bit bigger. So you put one of those like little wall mounts in and stuff like that. And you're kind of like wiggling the, the, the bit around to kind of get the edge of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can just imagine. And it's like, and they don't show it again. And you, we get the same shot from the, from kind of the back of his head and there's just smoke coming so off. So much more smoke. It was a nice touch. Yeah, it's so intense. And at this point, she's about to pour the hot water into the hole. But at this point, Brent has also got his razor blade necklace back and he's cut himself free again. Boom. He knocks himself free, slashes daddy's face with the razor blade that he has in his hand. Uh, uh, like a from Opens ear to up. nose, like yeah. a gash. He goes down. Lola's like, Daddy! And he yanks the knives out of his feet. Yes, yeah. which, I mean, I, I see that in movies and I'm always like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, you know what? When you've got that level of adrenaline to get out, exactly. you've got to just go full you blast with it. He has so much full body pain right now that the feet are probably the least of his problems. He's I'm done it so, once. He can do it again. I'm so tender footed. I can't walk across like the driveway without going, ooh, ah, Ooh, and so like just the idea anytime someone's like got knives in their feet or like running across dirt, I'm like, I'm dead. I'm gonna get like three feet. They're gonna catch me instantly. I'm like, guys, tiptoe slower. But yeah, he yanks the knives out. Now, does he stab Lola? No, I think he just knocks Lola down. Yeah, he just knocks her down. Oh, no, he he jumps on top of her and starts punching her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He just punches her and gets a few good hits. She's like grabbing at his face. And I thought she was going to dig her finger in the hole. Oh, God, me too. Is what it looked like. And then he like flips her over and just starts belting her right in the nose. And like these are full on hits. It breaks her nose like it's bleeding. She's messed up. She still looks like thrilled about it. Momentarily incapacitated. Yes, he just Mm -hmm. gets a few really good hits in and she's she's down and this is where our man brent decides to throw dad into the zombie pit which well, has been left open he, he stabs uh, him in the neck first because yeah. he's oh, pulled yeah, the yeah, knives yeah. and he like i thought he was gonna like keep stabbing until the point where he can like rip his head off that's what i was kind of hoping for i was like but don't instead, let this fucker get away he from this. stabs him real good in the neck a few times and then just 
tips him into the zombie pit. Yep. Yep. Daddy goes into the pit, and then, you know, and as you yelled out when we watched it, Brent is standing over, looking down the pit, admiring his work. Because these three zombies immediately descend upon the dad and start eating him up, particularly in the face and neck area. They get a little taste of daddy's sweetness (laughs) in their own special way. Oh, man. Yeah, and and then Lola freaks. Like, she's like, daddy. But, like, she doesn't say that at first. Like, she runs up behind Brent, knocks him down, tries to throw him in the pit. He goes down to the floor, and then she kind of, like almost in a, like a weird scorpion lock kind of thing, lifts his legs up and then throws mm-hmm. him in the pit too. Yep. And I was like, well, you fucked up right there. Never turn your back on anybody near a pit. No, yeah. no. Like you didn't kill her. She's still there. You kind of get what's hap- going to happen. But to luckily for Brent, the hammer has fallen into the pit as well. Well, because Lola gets pissed because the zombies are eating her dad. She's throwing random objects yep. laying around the pit yes, at yes, the zombies correct. to try to get them away from, from daddy, which is not going to happen. They're like, yeah, fuck off. They <laughs> yeah. hungry. We, we eating tonight, boys. Looks like meat's back on the menu, boy. Man flesh. Oh, God. And so at this point, she... And I apologize, listeners, because I say and so so much. I, I need to find a better thing to say. At this point, she closes the the giant metal doors to the pit. This thing is soundproof. And yes. if you're going to build an underground pit to keep people in, make sure it's soundproof. Yeah, that's especially just good, if it's full of shrieking zombies. That's just good pit 101, you know. Um, Did you learn that on this old pit? <laughs> I'm Bob Vila with this old pit. Enorm. <laughs> Now, in the movie, uh, the the cop dad has been going around. He finds uh, Brent's iPod on the top of the cliff, which, again, I thought was in the middle of fucking nowhere. So I was like, how does he know to look there? Um, evidently, this place is like in their backyard or something like that. It's got to be close. They all share. A, they're in the same subdivision, <laughs> yeah. clearly. But he doesn't he doesn't have any other clues until <laughs> after, you know, he's lying awake in bed and um, Holly. Holly, Holly calls him. Has is sleeping in his room and she's like kind of like laying there sobbing. And she realizes she remembers that uh, Brent had mentioned that, oh, Lola was the one who asked him to the dance. So she she gives the cop a call in the middle of the night. He picks right up and then cuts straight to him out on the road, driving out to Lola's place. How she didn't recall this earlier is kind of beyond me. I can see why she wouldn't think it was relevant, though. Like she maybe. Maybe. I, I I see I see both sides of it. You're stressed. You're running through like panic, you know, stuff yes, like that. But at the same time, valid. like this is very relevant to the day. Yes. You know, like Lola. This has know? happened within six, seven hours. Yeah. If you had mentioned something happened last week, I'd be like, I can understand not remembering that. But yeah. this happened earlier that day. I can totally understand not thinking it was relevant, though, because like. Okay. Yeah. People, people. I guess they didn't see her watching them. Exactly. Bone down. Like there anything. was no indication that she was a threat at any point. So that's true. I can see not bringing it up to the cops. I get it. Okay. Well, she she calls the cop late at night or whatever time it is. It's dark. Cop immediately hauls ass out to Lola's place. Now at this point, remember, Daddy's in the pit. Brent's in the pit. The pit is sealed. And Lola is wherever the fuck Lola is. Oh, no. Is Lola murdering bright eyes at this point? Yes. Yes. And let's not forget. Okay, before she closes the pit, this is really important. I'm sorry I I missed it. Um, Before she closes the pit, she looks down at Brent. And she says. mm -hmm. I'm going to 
your house now. I'm going to stab your mummy in the neck, just like you did to my daddy. And then I'm going to stab Holly in the heart, just like you did to me. Great, honestly, great line, great delivery. Fucking chilling. So good the way she delivers it. And then before she leaves, she goes into the room and she, you know, big chief from Cuckoo's Nest, bright eyes. Smothers her with a pillow. Yeah, puts the pillow over uh, bright eyes, takes her out. Um, and which, at that point, we hear her. Ref- re- we hear uh, Lola refer to her as you know, mommy. mommy. But I didn't know if that was really her mom or not. Yeah, and I still think it is. I'd love. I'd love to deep dive into this, but I also don't want to deep dive into this. <laughs> we'll talk about it for hours. <laughs> um, so yes, at this point, Lola is left the house. She's going to go kill Brent's family. The cop. Oh wait, no, no, I fucked that up. Yeah, because I think the cop arrives yes. while she's killing bright eyes because mm-hmm. yeah brent can hear the cop through the floor he can like hear the footsteps hear the door open and he's screaming and the cop cannot hear him yeah. but because brent is a solutions oriented young man he starts <laughs> hurling stuff at the doors above and so the hammer and yeah. the flashlight and so the cop is hearing you know thunk 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 and he finds these doors and opens them up i wonder how many cops actually find hidden pits and houses I hope the number's small. Yeah, I wish. I hope so. But you know what? You know why the number's probably small? Because the people with pits are good at avoiding cops. That's true. Oh boy, here we go. That's why you don't go on dates. Accurate. So (laughs) that's why we're all going to be alone forever. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, the cop opens the pit, sees Brent down at the bottom. Bam! Immediately he gets fucking stabbed. Yep. Goes falls in the pit. Brent grabs the gun that the cop had, the six shooter, aims up at uh, Lola, starts firing, bam, 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 and shoots the uh, the disco ball, the, the the glass ball above her. And that thing explodes. I loved how that looked. Yeah, yeah. that was so great. cool. And then at that point, she's all like, I'm going to go kill your mom. I'm going to go kill you, Holly. And then, bam, she's out. Now, this is the funniest part of the whole movie for me, because <laughs> we then cut to a seed where Lola is just walking down the middle of the road when it looks like the middle of the outback yep. uh, with her little like memories, a scrapbook, mm-hmm. a, a giant big fucking ass knife, kitchen knife covered in blood, covered, covered in blood, nose bloody. Like Andrew W.K. Yes. Like crusty. Just she's a damn. Mess. And she's singing to herself. She's like, all right, this is my to me. It's a Wednesday. You know, you're just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, but that's the thing is she's walking and I'm like, yo, at the most leisurely pace possible. But well. um, I think the problem, I think she her dad's car hit the tree. Maybe. I don't know. Busted the radiator. It's overheating. It's not working. I don't know. Head cannoning here. My theory is the cop, the cop uh, took his keys into the pit with him. Like when he fell in the pit, she, she might have just not had an access to a had access to a vehicle. <laughs> That's fine. But it's just this. It's like this Mad Max level wasteland where she's just walking. It's like it's going to take her six hours to get it's there anywhere. Based off the way that the environment, the shot looks, it looks like it's so far in the middle of nowhere. It's like it'll take her forever. She'll Brent's die. Mom's of- going to be an old woman by the time she gets there. <laughs> Holly will be married with two kids. Yeah. Like, um, pick up the pace, Lola. And so Holly, though, 
is going to go out and see what's cracking out at Lola's house because, you know, sending the cop out there wasn't enough. So Holly's driving out into the middle of nowhere to go to Lola's house to see if uh, Brent's out there. As she's driving, she gets, the front of her car gets hit with the, the, the scrapbook mm-hmm. and it blows up into a bunch of papers. She stops the car, looks out the front window like, what are all these random papers? Lola walks up, opens the side of the door with a knife and then just like starts talking to her. And then lunges in at her. But as as you yelled at the movie when it was playing, it's like, go! <laughs> just hit the gas! Press She's not in the, the car accelerator. yet. Just hit the gas. Holly is so stunned or whatever, like at that scene. Like, she's just not thinking about putting the car into any gear other than park. And the one thing that I noticed in this scene, and I don't know if y'all caught it, did you see the size of the parking sticker on that vehicle? Oh, that's that's typical i think i think that it's, thing was monstrous no, that was like almost five by quarter, five inches at no least. i think that they give those to new drivers oh, um that's all i could focus on as they were fighting i'm like what that is a that's a liability <laughs> i saw that too and i was all like, <laughs> like what is going on i was like maybe Australia. it's those like 36.2 type stickers people put on the back of their cars <laughs> maybe it's like i learned how to park today or something <laughs> you know maybe they're really proud of it merit badge so yes i did notice that okay, huge yeah, i'm glad sticker. i wasn't the only one um i also did notice the fact that um i don't know what kind of car it was you called it earlier but i love the australian uh, el camino i think it's a holden ute okay i love that whatever car. it is it fucking rules i was like i want one of those i just want to cruise and listen to like deep purple <laughs> and crank it as loud as possible and go to like a barbecue listen, and drink miller light it's australia you're only allowed to listen to acdc that's fine too and drink their new Fosters. records real good too Fosters. I work with a I work with a guy who works in Australia and he's all like, Don't you dare give me that piss. <laughs> they hate it so Good, much. As they should. It's like the natty light of Australia. I, so anyway, yes. So Lola's in the car. She's trying to stab the shit out of Holly. Holly falls out the back of her side of the driver's side onto the ground. They're on the ground. Lola's on top of her, stabbing away and like hitting the concrete. But Holly can fucking scrap, man. Yeah. Like she really holds her own in this fight. Well, I feel she like. manages to push herself away. She doesn't really like hit Lola at all. She's just kind but of she she is in the inferior position here and she manages like she's unarmed and on the bottom. So she's in a tough spot. I, I don't want to defend Lola here, but she had been through a lot before this point. She had been walking for what days before <laughs> I can know? only assume. um so yes so holly manages to hold her off enough we then see coming down the road brent in the cop car first we got to talk about how he got out oh yes 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 because i when i first saw the pile of bones uh when he falls into the pit my initial reaction was he could build some kind of bone scaffold and climb out a bone scaffold Bone scaffolds ready. Got, got my rib. <laughs> got my rib ladder. And when she says bone pile, we're not talking about like, oh, I've eaten like a couple chickens and there's a bone pile. These are like this is like a four to five foot tall like pile of human sized bones. All yes. femurs. Yeah. <laughs> All femurs. Perfect. No rib perfect pages. rung size. Yes. You could easily put those in some kind of scaffold. Sca- <laughs> Maybe. So he uh, takes the corpses of the screeching zombies that he has mutilated with the hammer, the cop's corpse, this pile of bones, and just builds a big ass pile and climbs his way out of the pit. So you know what? Again, he's looking for solutions. I appreciate it. Yes, he's, he's 
very, as and you also, say, solution-oriented young man or something. My headcanon here, too, is that he had the forethought to search the cop's body for the car keys. That's true. That had to be what it is. Otherwise, Lola would have taken that car. Yeah. We, we did leave out the fact that when he fell in that pit, he did have to kill all the other zombies in there with the hammer. Mm-hmm. That was very intense. Like yeah. that scene, the way very it was shot. Very old boy. Yeah. But Ugh. in darkness. Yeah, it was totally crazy. So he got out of the pit. He's stolen the cop car. Well, not stolen. I guess he's used the cop Bar car. Man. I don't want to add more. He's commandeered it. Yes. And he is barreling down the road and bam, he just plows right the fuck into Lola. She just like gets up. She's going to go stab Holly. Boom. She gets hit, smashes into the windshield from an interior shot of the, the cop car, rolls over it. She he pulls up next to Holly. Holly gets in the car. Now, this moment, this was the funniest thing in the movie. <laughs> OK, to me. this made me so sad and laugh so hard at the same time. Holly gets in the car, realizing it's Brent, sits down, looks at him. He looks over at her. He's got a burned hole in the front of his head he's yeah, got like the, the edges are all cauterized and gray and yes it's, that's my name hey how's it going <laughs> <laughs> he's got the the etched like heart on his chest he looks like death and then like she goes ah <laughs> <laughs> like she turns looks and goes ah and i was like that poor guy like, like he's been luckily, through enough she she realizes what it is and she kind of like you know lightly touches his hand or something to make it all but also can you blame her no no not a bit (laughs) i mean if i see someone with their hair not combed properly i'm like ah so well you're a very fastidious gentleman look now we get this beautiful shot this this is the funniest part of the movie to me. this beautiful like extra wide shot of the car on the left side of the screen and then the road the outback road all the way to the right of the screen and then you see lola just climbing her way, crawling G. her I. way. Joe crawling, <laughs> trying yes. to get back to him. She's got the knife. She's, in She's like Chucky in Child's Play too, like dragging herself across this Australian road, which has got to be hot as God, hell. She has got the heart of a champion, the strength to fight, <laughs> the will to win. Never give up. Never surrender. And uh, so she's crawling towards the car. And um, as you pointed out, her elbows are Oh, and one of her wrists, um, you could see both up. bones sticking out. Uh, and like, it's her, like, I miss that. Her at right first. leg is all like twisted out of shape oh, and everything. God, oh, I must have missed some of that. She's oh. mangled, but she's still a woman on a mission. And you know what? She's still got that creepy fucking grin. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm just happy to be doing what I'm doing. And you're just like, <laughs> just happy to be on the team. <laughs> I want that level of peace in my life. Um, so she's and they look back. Um, Brent and Holly look back. In the rearview mirror, see Lola crawling. They throw that bad boy into reverse. Like, what do you? What goes through your mind if you're Brent in that situation? Like, she has put you through all this. You have managed to escape. You cleaned her clock when you took her out that first time. That was a solid smack. But here she comes. Here she comes. She's slowly. Here she comes. Trying to get that little kiss. <laughs> And you know what? You got to appreciate that level of dedication. You do. I mean, it's a girl who knows what she wants and damn it. She's going to give it her all to get it or die trying. You know what? Like that DMX movie. Get Brent or die trying. (laughs) Is that what it was? Or get rich or die trying. Get Brent or die trying. Yes, that was the name of the movie. Wasn't that a 50 cent thing? Yes, 50 cent. That's what it was. I'm sorry. DMX was in belly. Okay, there it is. It's sequels. 
Oh, look, all I know is Buster Rhymes and Halloween. All oh, right. That's all you need God. to know. So, yes. So he throws it in reverse. Now, this does a really weird thing is they slow mo this scene. They I didn't understand s- that. <laughs> Because the the slow mo honestly just made it look like they were driving slowly. Yes, it looked exactly. like in fifth, like going five miles an hour, just kind of like, oh, we'll eventually hit her. I only realized they were in slow mo when it cut to Lola's face and her hair was blowing around very slowly. Yes. I was yeah. like, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, I thought like, oh, maybe they're far enough off. It looks like it's slow and it'll speed up really quick as it gets to us. But no, they have the whole thing in slow mo. So yeah, it looks like they're barely gonna tap her. You know, gotta with say, the this is my primary complaint about the movie, which is a very minor thing. Yes. Yeah. That one scene just it kind of was anticlimactic because you expected a bigger hit. until right at the last <laughs> second when it jumps back into regular <laughs> speed right when they plow into her face. Yeah. And you hear that noise <laughs> again. The Foley artists in this fucking movie. They did oh, man, all the they must have been having a blast. Oh, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to take a couple chicken bones and drill into them. Get the mic. Bam. They smash into Lola. Cut to credits. That's the end of the flick. And I did appreciate they had like the nice like little sparkles. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the blue and the pink um, colors on the uh, the credits. The credits. It was a yep. very nice aesthetic touch that kind of kept the same feel of the movie Prom-y. going all through it. Yeah, man, kudos to this 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 group, man. They did an amazing did movie. It's unfortunate job. it did not do better than it they did. They made so much out of their four million dollar budget. All of the actors kicked ass. The gore was effective. <laughs> And yes. it's just a super enjoyable, like it kept a nice pace throughout. It was one of those less is more situations yeah. in a lot of ways, which, you know, often yields, in my opinion, yields some of the best results. Yeah. You know, give us a little gore, but then also let our imagination kind of like yeah. take the wheel. One thing that I thought was very, um, very awkward about the budget, if it's four million, do you think they found a place with a pit in it? Or do you think they built that, that pit? I think they had to have built it. I think that the inside, I think was a set. The outside, I think, was on location. Okay. The entire feel of this movie was great. Other than the fact that, again, the the geography of this town was very confusing Very odd. But, you know, I it's Australia. I didn't find it that confusing. I don't know. The, the geography never bothered me. It just seemed like everything was either really far apart or really close together. And I was like, okay. Like, time and space didn't quite match perfectly for me in all this. Listen, that's just how the Southern Hemisphere works. It's the Coriolis effect. Okay. Time moves backwards down there, Garrett. Maybe that's why the car was going so slow. Could be. (laughs) You can't hit over five miles an hour when you're going to reverse. So anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's the loved ones. Um, Would you guys recommend it? It sounds like you would. Definitely. It was super enjoyable. It was... Again, like just a n- nice quick movie that came in about 90 minutes. Uh, the pacing was really good. It was just a, a fun watch. I had a hell of a time watching it. Yeah. I, if you are somebody looking for a scary movie that's not Eli Roth torture porn, porn eyeballs getting squeezed out. But in the stuff, same vein. But in the same vein, it's right up your alley. I think back to the Rotten Tomato score, I think because it wasn't that and they were a little bit more tasteful with the gore. That's why it did as well as it did. Yeah, I think maybe that's that <clears> definitely is maybe why the critics weren't like, you know, it was more of a garbage. shining feel exactly. as opposed to a, you know, Eli Roth feel. Just and I, I here's think everything. One of the reasons this may have done so well with the critics, because they were about 20 points above the audience score, yeah. was just that it doesn't hit all of the beats you expect it to. Like it deviates from the formula a little bit. And so I never really quite knew what was going to happen next. And that's one thing I love about these kind of low budget indie movies is sometimes you'll get one that is just beautifully unformulaic. And I felt like that 
that was this. Like it was, it was, it kept me guessing. Yeah. As, as you said, there was multiple times where you're like, well, they're not going to do that. Holy shit. They're doing that. And mm-hmm. you just didn't expect it. And I mean, in hindsight, you could be like, well, that makes sense that they'd escalate to that. But the way the movie plays, it just doesn't seem like they're going to hit that beat. Yeah. And then when they hit that beat, it's way more impactful than a movie where you're like the chainsaws coming towards the leg and you know, you're going to see a leg lop off and you're like, oh my God, there it is with this. You're like, oh, that's, oh, oh, wow. They're putting it there. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the, the pacing, you know, guys, I talk about pacing a lot on these because there's nothing worse than a movie that just drags ass at a certain point, especially in a horror film. And I think that that is a very common failing amongst horror movies is just the pacing's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then not always in a bad way, just, you know, sometimes it's just off at certain points. But this one, I never felt a moment of like lull, even when like we had those like calm down moments when we see, you know, Mia on the bed looking at the photo of her brother. We see, you know, Holly just chilling in the room before she realizes Lola Stone, you mm-hmm. know, was the person that turned out. Like, even those moments, the the actors and actresses were selling what they were supposed to be selling. And again, we have to we have to give kudos. And maybe that's why it also did go with the critics is like the acting in this film. So good. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't commend them enough. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Highly recommend. It yeah. was a blast. It's definitely, definitely a high recommend for me as well. Um, you guys know me. I don't like super, super gory stuff just to be, you know, ultra gory. That that new Evil Dead was great in its own right, but there was times it's I was like, oh, got some moments in it. Oh boy, <laughs> this was. I felt had the same feel without having to like ingest the gore. Yeah. 2009's The Loved Ones. I want to thank you guys for showing up and doing this uh, one-off episode with us. We'll be happy to have you guys back again. Thank you for having me. you want to say to the audiences? The audiences. Is there anything you want to say to listeners before we we sign off? Uh, Wear your mask so we can start doing fun things again soon. That, and can I plug my podcast? Oh, absolutely. So I, too, have a movie podcast. It's nowhere near as... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Structured. Structured, yes, as this one. It's called Outpost 31. Did anybody get the reference? I think that's a movie. No. I think that's in a movie. It is. It's the thing. Oh, son of a bitch. I should have gotten it. Get off the podcast, lady. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, we're wrapping up anyway. If you get bored after you listen to The Grave Talk, check us out. We've only got two episodes out. You guys start somewhere. We do. And that was the Outpost 31. Outpost 31. And are you guys on Stitcher, iTunes? Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, SoundCloud. I, I think, yeah, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, maybe not on Spotify. I'd have to check with my buddy Kevin, who's kind of in charge of it. But uh, yeah, it's fun. We talk about random stuff and then jab about a movie for like 20, 30 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely check it out. We love to get that podcast network kind of going and stuff like that. So definitely check it out. Outpost 31. The Outpost or Outpost? Outpost. Outpost 31. And check out thegravetalk.com where we have all of our new episodes. We've got some really fun stuff coming for you guys. Now, I know uh, if you get this far in the episode um, and you haven't turned it off by now, good for you. We had mentioned merch. We apologize. Some things had come up. I don't know if you know. We had a very fucking crazy election here and there's been a lot of stuff going on, but that still is very much in the works. We're almost completely wrapped up on that. So we should be going live very soon. So we'll have some Grave Talk merch for you. And um, I know Mark, John, and myself have a lot of uh, quickies and fun little things we put on the website soon. So be sure to check those out. Until next time, we'll talk to you then. Am I not pretty enough? Is my heart too broken?